European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance Volume 44, Issue 3 Focus Issue, Arrhythmias By Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea Read to you by Morgan Bryan Management of Atrial Fibrillation Role of Population Screening, Biomarkers and Polygenic Risk Scores Sudden Cardiac Arrest or SCA, is a challenging situation, particularly when it happens out of hospital. This focus issue on arrhythmias contains the contribution entitled Association between Basic Life Support and Survival in Sports-Related Sudden Cardiac Arrest, a Meta-Analysis, by Laurien Michelin and colleagues from the Université Paris-Cité in France. The authors evaluate the association of basic life support with survival after sports-related SCA, or SRSCA. In a systematic review and meta-analysis, a search of several databases from their inception to the 31st of July 2021 without language restrictions was conducted. Studies were considered eligible if they evaluated one of three scenarios in patients with SRSCA. 1. Bystander presence 2. Bystander cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR or 3. Bystander automated external defibrillator, or AED, use and provided information on survival. The primary outcome was survival at the longest follow-up. The meta-analysis was conducted using the random effects model. The meta-analysis showed significant benefits on survival in all three groups. Bystander presence, odds ratio, or OR, 2.55, bystander CPR, odds ratio, 3.84, and bystander AED use, OR, 5.25. Michelin and colleagues conclude that in patients with SRSCA, bystander presence, bystander CPR, and bystander AED use are significantly associated with survival. These results highlight the importance of witness intervention and encourage countries to develop their first aid training policy and AED installation in sports settings. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Domenico Corrado, Alessandro Zozzi and Alberto Cipriani from the University of Padova in Italy. The three authors note that SRSCA is characteristically witnessed, providing the opportunity for rapid CPR and prompt access to an on-site AED, which results in excellent rates of survival, as shown by the study by Michelin et al. However, still today, athletes experiencing witnessed SCA may die or have severe cerebral damage because SCA is not promptly recognised and defibrillation is too late. Since most SCAs during sports are shockable and early defibrillation critically influences the outcome, further improvement of survival is expected by immediate use of the AED in the case of a non-traumatic fall of an athlete, skipping traditional steps of the resuscitation protocol such as time-consuming recognition of cardiac arrest and letting the device do the job first. This working hypothesis needs to be tested by further studies. Implementation of emergency programs for prevention of SCD in athletes is warranted, 
with widespread distribution of AEDs in sports arenas and training of coaches and staff to perform resuscitation intervention with early defibrillation. The best approach to the early detection of atrial fibrillation, or AF, remains unsettled. In a clinical research article entitled Cost-Effectiveness of Population Screening for Atrial Fibrillation, the Stroke Stop Study, Johan Lither and colleagues from the Linköping University in Sweden note that the Stroke Stop Study, which randomised 27,975 persons aged 75 to 76 years, into a screening invitation group and a control group, has a median follow-up of 6.9 years. The aim of this study was to estimate the cost-effectiveness of population-based screening for AF using clinical outcomes. The analysis is based on a Markov cohort model. The prevalence of AF, the use of oral anticoagulation, clinical event data and all-cause mortality were taken from the Stroke Stop study. The cost for clinical events, age-specific utilities, utility decrement due to stroke and stroke death was taken from the literature. For 1,000 individuals invited to the screening, there were 77 gained life years and 65 gained quality-adjusted life years. The incremental cost was 1.77 million euros lower in the screening invitation group. Gained quality-adjusted life years to a lower cost means that the screening strategy was dominant. The results from 10,000 Monte Carlo simulations showed that the AF screening strategy was cost-effective in 99.2% and cost-saving in 92.7% of the simulations. The authors conclude that based on the stroke-stop study, this analysis shows that a broad AF screening strategy in an elderly population is cost-effective. Efforts should be made to increase screening participation. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial, contributed by Erica Spatz and Jeff Herrin from the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut, USA. The authors note that globally, strokes remain the second leading cause of death and are associated with devastating morbidity. Potentially a quarter of all strokes could be prevented with timely identification of AF and prophylactic treatment with anticoagulation. This is not only compelling, but has been demonstrated to be feasible. Litter et al.'s study on the cost-effectiveness of AF screening in an older population adds to this justification, with the potential for cost savings driven by stroke reduction. Future studies in different countries and contextual environments and with different healthcare utilisation and cost considerations from those assumed in this study will need to be conducted to determine whether these findings apply to other settings. In the meantime, this study sheds light on the costs and benefits of a large-scale population-based screening programme for AF in Sweden that could be a blueprint for stopping preventable strokes. While biomarkers are widely used in the management of myocardial infarction and heart failure, their utilisation in the setting of AF is limited. Bone morphogenetic protein 10, or BMP10, is a protein expressed in the atrial myocardium. In a clinical research article entitled 
bone morphogenetic protein 10, a novel risk marker of ischemic stroke in patients with atrial fibrillation. Ziad Hajazi and colleagues from Uppsala University in Sweden evaluated the association between BMP10 and the risk of ischemic stroke and other cardiovascular events in large cohorts of patients with AF treated with and without oral anticoagulation, or OAC. BMP10 was measured in plasma samples collected at randomization in patients with AF without OAC in the Active A and Averroes trials, N equaling 2,974, and with OAC in the Aristotle trial, N equaling 13,079. Associations with outcomes were evaluated by Cox regression models adjusted for clinical characteristics, kidney function, N-terminal probrain natriuretic peptide, or NT-proBNP. Increasing BMP10 was associated with lower body mass index, older age, female sex, kidney dysfunction, and AF rhythm. BMP10 was consistently associated with ischemic stroke. In the non-OAC cohort, BMP10 increased the concordance index of the multivariable model from 0.713 to 0.733, p equaling 0.004, and in the OAC cohort, from 0.673 to 0.694, p being less than 0.001. Additionally, BMP10 maintained a significant prognostic value after additionally adjusting for NT-proBNP. BMP10 was not independently associated with bleeding or with death. Ajazi et al. conclude that the novel atrial biomarker BMP10 is independently associated with ischemic stroke in patients with AF, irrespective of OAC treatment. BMP10 seems to be more specifically related to the risk of ischemic stroke. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Moritz Zinner and Anna von Falkenhausen from the LMU Munich in Germany. Zinner and von Falkenhausen conclude that the new insights into AF and stroke pathophysiology presented by Hijazi et al. are highly valuable. The improved characterization of BMP10 as an easily measurable biomarker of high atrial specificity might improve clinical applicability soon. However, the causal role of BMP10 in the pathophysiology of AF or atrial cardiomyopathy will require further elaboration. Polygenic risk scores are emerging in several fields of cardiovascular medicine. In a clinical research article entitled A polygenic risk score predicts atrial fibrillation in cardiovascular disease. Nicholas Marston and colleagues from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, indicate that interest in targeted screening programs for AF has increased, yet the role of genetics in identifying patients at highest risk of developing AF is unclear. A total of 36,662 subjects without prior AF were analysed from four TIMI trials. Subjects were divided into quintiles using a validated polygenic risk score, or PRS, for AF. P 
clinical risk for AF was calculated using the charge AF model. Kaplan-Meier event rates, adjusted hazard ratios, or HRs, C indices, and net reclassification improvement were used to determine if the addition of the PRS improved prediction compared with clinical risk and NT pro-BNP. Over 2.3 years, 1,018 new AF cases developed. The AF PRS predicted a significant risk gradient for AF with a 40% increased risk per 1 SD increase in PRS, HR 1.40, P being less than 0.001. Those with a high AF PRS, the top 20%, were more than twofold more likely to develop AF HR 2.45, P being less than 0.001, compared with those with a low PRS, the bottom 20%. Furthermore, the PRS provided an additional gradient of risk stratification on top of the charge AF clinical risk score, ranging from a three-year incidence of 1.3% in patients with low clinical and genetic risk to 8.7% in patients with high clinical and genetic risk. A subgroup of patients with high clinical risk, high PRS, and elevated NT pro BNP had an AF risk of 16.7% over three years. The C index, with a charge AF clinical risk score alone, was 0.65, which improved to 0.67, P being less than 0.001, with the addition of NT pro BNP and increased further to 0.70, P being less than 0.001, with the addition of the PRS. Master et al. conclude that in patients with cardiovascular conditions, the AF-PRS is a strong independent predictor of incident AF that provides complementary predictive value when added to a validated clinical risk score and NT pro-BNP. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Paulus Kirchhoff and colleagues from the University Medical Center Hamburg-Eppendorf in Germany. The authors conclude that further work is needed to demonstrate that integrating this type of information can be used to guide AF management. Harnessing this information can help to prevent the complications of AF earlier, e.g. by initiating early rhythm control therapy and OAC. Future concepts of AF therapy tailored to PRS genotypes or biomolecule patterns will require clinical testing, but are imaginable in the future. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Are there other factors that influence the assessment of bleeding risk comparing potent P2Y12 inhibitors with clopidogrel? Chang Shai, Yu Zhang Zhang, and Jia Ling, from the first affiliated hospital of Suchow University in China, comment on the recent publication. Comparative effects of guided versus potent P2Y12 inhibitor therapy in acute coronary syndrome. Network meta-analysis of 61,898 patients from 15 randomized trials. By Matia Gali, from the University of Florida College of Medicine in Jacksonville, Florida, USA. Yali Atau respond in a separate comment.
The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.